Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. So welcome back to the Defiant Spirit and this podcast. I am Baruch Levy, also known as B. I am the founder of Defiant Spirit. I'm the creator of the Defy Your Number Enneagram System program. And that's me right now talking to you on this podcast. So I want to just share with you a little bit about um, what I've been up to and where we're at in this new year as I'm recording this early January 2023. Been away for a few weeks, as I'm sure many of you have. Um, We actually physically left. We went away. We went on a vacation. And our go-to destination all the time, but especially in the winter, is we live here in Colorado, my family, my wife, Ariella, and four kids and I. And so we tend to go to the mountains of Colorado. That's our thing. Um, If you haven't seen Avatar, maybe I'll do a whole podcast on Avatar great movie. The second one was good. It wasn't as good as the first one. That's just usually the case. But um, the first one was much more about being kind of in the jungle. The second one was more about being on the beach, right, or the ocean. And there's just different tribes that evolve in those areas. Well, um, you know, if we're a tribe, the Halevi tribe is a, um, we're a mountain people, so you've got desert people, you've got uh, ocean people, got mountain people, got plains people. We are mountain people, even though my wife and I, it's a mixed marriage. I come from the plains. She comes from the ocean. We meet in the mountains. And so every chance we get, we go to the mountains. Now, our preferred um, way to get there is our RV. We have an RV, a big uh, RV guy. I love it. It's absolute freedom to me. It's part of my Enneagram 8, which we can talk about. And... Um, but my kids are not RV people. They're teenagers, and they like nice things. We, by the way, our RV is awesome, but they're still teenagers, and they want you know the holiday, the holiday, and I don't know if that's what they want. They want the uh, the five star you know resort. That's what they want. And so we meet in the middle, and we've got an Airbnb instead, and we go to our preferred destination. Now I'm a little nervous to share this with you because my millions of listeners, if you start clogging up our little neck of the woods, I guess it's a worthy price to pay. But um, we like it because it's a well-kept secret. We go down to Buena Vista and Salida. If you don't know the area, it's probably um, not going to be your go-to if you come to Colorado. Your go-to is going to be certainly for skiing, Breck and copper and aspen and vale and winter park and steamboat you know those are the go-tos for good reason they're beautiful they're wonderful they're also congested in my experience um and so we like to avoid the congestion if so if you ever want to find a nice little getaway and you're not a big time skier go down to buena vista there's a little mountain down there little by colorado standards big by new england standards and that is called um, Monarch Mountain. So we go skiing down at Monarch for the week, and then we do some other fun things, snowmobiling. Ariella, shout out to my Enneagram self-preservation for wife. 
really took a lot of courage for her to get on a snowmobile. Those things can be intensely scary. It was like zero degrees outside. It was a blast. So she drove one with one of my kids on the back. I drove one, a kid on the back. And my oldest son drove one with uh, one of my other kids on the back. So three snowmobiles out for the morning down in Buena Vista was just amazing and good for her. She is a warrior. So, um, so we were down there and really just clearing out my head after a long year, as I think anybody who's been following this podcast knows the past year, I've really formally been merging my two passions, the work of Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning is Dr. Frankl's most famous book, but not his only book, 40 books. And um, that's just the most well-known. If you haven't read it, you must read it. Not by my recommendation, although I do recommend it, by the Library of Congress. Uh, This was named, I believe, as top 10 most influential books of the 20th century. So it's a must-read. I'm a logotherapist, and that is the work of Frankel, and that is simply living a meaning, purpose-centered life. So I've been taking that work and my work with clients and bringing it over the past few years to the Enneagram. Now, I've known about the Enneagram. Uh, I mean, we're, for now, we'll call it a typing system and personality typing system. It's more than that. I've known about it for 25 years, and I came to it vis-a-vis my previous profession as a rabbi, because there's a lot of overlap with Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism. And I studied many, many years, decades, Kabbalah. And so I came to um, the Enneagram vis-a-vis Kabbalah, and we'll do a whole podcast on that. But about five years ago, I came back to it when I focused full-time on counseling and logotherapy. I found the Enneagram to be a really nice complement in me helping people discover the meaning that's really at the center of logotherapy and then living it out in their life in real time in practical ways. I have not found a more inspiring philosophy than Viktor Frankl's logotherapy and I've not found a more practical, compelling system than the Enneagram in living a meaningful life. So merged those two things together. Think back like to the uh, 80s, that commercial is it still a thing? The Reese's commercial, you dipped your chocolate into my peanut butter. You dipped your peanut butter into my chocolate. So that to me is the um, logotherapy and the Enneagram. I know, geeking out here on the Enneagram and logotherapy. Uh, merging those two things together to me is chocolate and peanut butter. They are just made for each other. Now, Viktor Frankl, I'm not certain. I'm guessing knew nothing or very little about the Enneagram. He never once referenced it in the 40 books that I've read, he hasn't referenced it. All the talks I've heard him give, I went, you know, recorded. He's been gone now for many years. Um, never referenced it. So I can't vouch for his support or, frankly, disapproval of the Enneagram. Though I think the way it's usually taught, he would be very disapproving. You know, Frankel's thesis and, the, and, um, and um, psychotherapy grew out of the Holocaust. He was a Holocaust survivor. And... I talk a lot about it, but in the opening of my program for the Defy Your Number Enneagram is all about this because I just don't want to reduce somebody, a human being, to a number. You know, he wore a number on his arm, 119104, as you've heard me mention before. And that's because the Nazis reduced him and his family and the rest of the Jewish community to numbers. And when you reduce another human being to a number, you're then able to 
murder them. You're able to extinguish them, to, to put them into ovens and burn them up into the smoke as was done in the death camps by the Nazis. So uh, I don't take it lightly that I'm dabbling now in a system that numbers people. And if that were the case, I wouldn't be involved with it um, because I will not participate in what Viktor Frankl calls reductionism, reducing another human being, not just to an Enneagram number, but to any number, IQ or weight or height or melanin, you know, pigment in your skin or bank account or the sum of our parts, whatever those parts might be. That's just not only wrong, it's dangerous. Um, we don't need more numbers. We don't need more reductionism to reduce people. We don't need more systems that do that. Now, that's not the Enneagram. It's oftentimes how the Enneagram is presented, but that doesn't make it right. You know, people would say to me when I was a rabbi, um, you know, what, is, what do Jews think about capital punishment or abortion? I'm, I always say the same thing. I have no idea what Jews think. I can tell you what Judaism thinks. But just because Jews think it doesn't make it Jewish. Just because Christians think it or do it doesn't make it Christian. I can only tell you what Enneagram is. I can't tell you um, why people do Enneagram poorly. And much of it out there is done very poorly. But Enneagram authentic, done right, the system is the opposite of reduction. It's expansion. Because the Enneagram is not saying, authentic Enneagram, like you'll find with my program, Defy, Defy Your Number, is not saying you are an Enneagram 8 or a 1 or a 9. We may say that, it's just colloquial, it's just speaking, but it's not true. And we need to really remember that. So I am not an eight. I react like an eight. I respond like an eight. And I'll tell you more about that. But I'm not an eight. I'm Baruch Halevi. I'm, you know, so much more than any one piece of my identity. Male, heterosexual, off-white. I refuse to say white because I don't really know what that means. Um, Jewish, American, Israeli. I mean, I'll do this all day long. Father, husband, son. Those are pieces all of those are pieces. They're important to me, but they're not me. I think this is one of the biggest dangers right now in our um, identity-obsessed Western conversations. We're over-identifying with bits and pieces and parts and labels. Nothing wrong with them, but that's not who you are because you can strip me of any one of those identities and I'm still me. You can take away my flesh suit, right? God forbid I go through a fire and I survive. I'm still me. I lose my hair which has happened. I'm still me. But what is me? Frankel would say, this is your logos. This is your essence. This is your defiant spirit. Your mind becomes ill. Your body breaks. All of it goes back to earth, either scattered as ashes or disintegrating into the earth. However, your preferred burial, you're going back to the earth one way, shape or form. If that's all that you are, then I feel bad because that is a very sad reality to have to endure. It's a death sentence waiting to your end. I don't believe that for a second. Frankel's thesis, although secular, technically, you know, don't have to be religious. This isn't a religious conversation, is that we are more than our, our mind, our psyche. We are more than our body, our soma. We are what he would say, the nuos, the noetic, the, the essence, spirit, true self, Joe, Jane, call it whatever you want. It's just a name, but it's you. And that you is inside deep down and it can never be extinguished, never be destroyed. Frankel was never prisoner 119104. He was always the defiant spirit. 
And so even when they reduced him, he wasn't reduced because he had this ability to go into his true self and transcend his bars, his captors, his circumstances. Enneagram is not about reducing you to Enneagram 8 or 2 or 1. It's to say we end up reduced. The world reduces us. I reduce myself. It's a survival strategy. It's a necessary step in our time of being here. But it's very important to realize and remember, it's not who I am. It's what I do. It's how I survive. What Frankel's work is built around is that we are not here to survive. We are here to thrive. And that comes down to power authentic power, not the kind that comes with the the accolades of, uh, you know, the titles, the bank account, the position in your company, whatever it might be. True authentic power is your ability to choose your response to any given set of circumstances to stop reacting and to start responding. You don't have a say over your circumstances. You do up to a point, And then you don't. Anybody who's been through uh, any kind of loss, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a job, the loss of your mobility, your health, whatever, you know. It's not your choosing. Nobody wants that. I've done, I don't know, a few hundred weddings. And under the wedding chuppah, the canopy, not once did um, I ever hear a bride and groom say, you know, this is just a a placeholder, right? And I know there's going to come a day when we're going to go our separate ways, um, aka divorce. I'd never once heard that. If you did, I'm sure the wedding would be called off. But it happens. I don't think it's 50%. I think that's actually not true, but it happens more than not. And so um, difficult circumstances are going to descend upon all of us. And when that happens, I don't care what they are, Frankel said this out of the Holocaust. I can say it certainly facing my day-to-day struggles. I have the ability to choose my response, to choose my own way. And so do you. And that's the work we're doing. We're bringing that vibe, that passion, that ethos, that message of Frankel and the defiant power of your spirit and to the system, this roadmap of the Enneagram. Now, the Enneagram is not new. I'm so tired of... Um, it being kind of lumped into a personality typing system. It's fine. It is that. It can do that. But it's got deep ancient roots. As I mentioned, Kabbalah, there's so much overlap. Sufism and movement, there's so much overlap. Um, Catholicism and the, um, the sins and, the, you know, there's all so much overlap. The um, Homer's Odyssey, there's much overlap. So you start looking all throughout history and you can see the elements of the Enneagram in many areas, geometry of the ancient Greeks and mathematics. And so we're going to be continuously exploring all of these ancient roots. But it's a profound, sophisticated system to help us find meaning in any circumstance to choose our risk, to stop reacting, to choose our response, and to move forward consciously, purposefully, and yeah, powerfully, so that we're not victims of our circumstances. Now, that's a long kind of lead up to, um, and a lot of it's what you've heard before, and if you haven't, well, welcome to Defy Your Number, but how to approach this system, because this is not your ordinary Enneagram system. This is called Defy Your Number for, you know, this Franklinian, this this logotherapeutic um, under 
current. And that is because I don't want you to take on another number. And so when we work together or when you listen to this or when you do your own assessment and you've come to this place of here's my number, it's not who I am, it's how I react, it's how I respond, but I can learn how to defy that reaction. I have all access to all nine of these numbers. They're energies, they're all within me. I have just learned a strategy. And if you do an assessment with me, it gives you all nine assessments, all, all nine numbers in your assessment, stacked how you rank them. And then we start looking at how can I access this one and bring this one up and move this one down. And in this situation, I want to draw upon the Enneagram 2 helper. But in this one, I need more Enneagram 9 peacemaker and so forth. So we're, we're all about defying our number so we can stop reacting and start responding. And we're going to go really, really deep this year. We are going to explore all those currents that are underneath it that I mentioned. But we're also going to go light because it's fun. So I can't think of much lighter than the ebook that I just created. So I have this whole program, um, nine different types, nine different ebooks, nine different sets of videos, nine different workbooks. And you do the assessment with me, or if you already know your type, that's fine. And we get you into the right number and you go through this process, four phases. It's substantial. It's fun. It's engaging. But I also have a free offering. That That's not free. Good stuff in life is not free. But I have a free ebook because so many people have said to me, can you just kind of give me a snapshot? And I thought, okay, well, what kind of snapshot would I give somebody? And, you know, I'm already up against the sort of rabbi and the, you know, the doctoral of divinity thing and um, the logotherapy thing. That's all pretty heady and heavy. And if you ever, you know, listen to my podcast, we go pretty deep quickly. So I thought, you know, I'm going the opposite direction. I want to meet people where they are. And I was out um, a while back over um, at my son's fraternity house. And you could kind of hear where this is going. And we were talking. It was a parent father's weekend. And we were, I was talking with a bunch of his buddies about the Enneagram. And they were captivated by it. And we started talking about, at first it felt very superficial, but I realized it wasn't superficial. It was meeting them where they were because I think it was a Friday night or a Saturday night. And, you know, I was like the, uh, the appetizer. They were going out for the main course afterwards and I was going to go back to my hotel and probably it was like maybe eight or nine o'clock. I was already getting tired. And they started asking me how they can use this at the bar. <laughs> and I thought, huh, I guess I really hadn't thought that through. And what happened was the conversation started out pretty simply shallow. Uh, you, you can imagine, you know, they want to take the Enneagram and sum up people or reduce people and figure out, you know, who's the good catch, who's the right catch for them, how to catch them, all the kind of typical bar scene college stuff. But then we started to go much deeper in the conversation. And it went from, I don't know, you know, What's an Enneagram 2 doing, you know, in a place like this kind of a cheesy pickup line conversation to really understanding who they are, understanding their reaction, understanding that it comes from a place of fear, understanding where that's come from and how that's happened and, and how they're fighting against their fears, their vulnerabilities. And if they can start really understanding themselves, maybe it doesn't have to be anymore about a pickup line. Maybe it can be a present, a presenting of their true self, their authentic self 
to the right person. And who is that right person? Well, you know, we started talking about different combinations really do well with other types. Some types don't don't do so well together. Um, if you're an Enneagram one reformer, really, what's your core motivation? What is your core fear? And can you start speaking to that in uh, another person, not as a way to manipulate or reduce them, but as a way to truly see them, to create a meaningful connection. So you can speak their their love language, their Enneagram language. And this conversation went for a few hours. Then I was told afterwards that not only was it successful for many of them, um, it was meaningful. And that's when I felt, you know what, there's something here. So I decided to write the ebook based on that. And I wrote um, over the past month or so, I wrote this gift to you or to anybody who wants to get it. And soon it'll be up on the website, defiantspirit.org. It'll be up there for free. But um, the only thing I will ask is your email in exchange, just so I can build our Defiant Spirit community. And what you'll get in it is nine Enneagram types walk into a bar. If you're looking at it, I'm showing it on the video. If you're not, you'll just get it from me. For now, you can just shoot me an email at baruch, B-A-R-U-C-H at defiantspirit.org, defiantspirit.org, B-A-R-U-C-H. Um, and I'll shoot it right over to you right away. But it'll be up there in the next few weeks. Anyways, nine Enneagram types walk into a bar. And that's the genesis of it. It came from a simplistic place. It came from a somewhat shallow place. And what I saw real quickly is it... If it can deepen fraternity boys going out to the bar on a Saturday night, it can certainly speak to um, those of us who are living a marginally more civilized and meaningful life. So in it um, begins with just a very big picture overview. And I just wanted people to have like a one page snapshot. I think this is a great understanding. You know, I've taken all nine types and I put famous celebrities on this kind of pie chart and just some... I don't know, five, six core values that each really defines each one. And so it's just a, it's just a quick reference guide. Um, so if you see somebody at the bar pulling this out and looking at you, you know that they are trying to defy their number, not yours. Um, and then we go into nine Enneagram types walk into a bar. And it's fun. Um, I'm sure I'll get accused of exploitation and, you know, simplistic and silliness and perversions, I don't know. Uh, but I've been accused of, of worse uh, as Enneagram 8. As an Enneagram 8, I've definitely pushed the boundaries in many situations. This is, you know, the least of it. Starting a cannabis company when I was a rabbi, now that was a whole other thing. I digress. So nine Enneagram types walk into a bar, and then I have the nine basic ways that each reacts. So Enneagram one walks into a bar and they see what's not perfect, right? It's just their eye goes to, um, you know, the poor design, poor traffic flow. It's not clean. It's just not perfect. And then they can go into this controlling sort of taking over. And whether it's the bar, or as I say, the bar, the bedroom, the boardroom, it doesn't matter. These are all reactive. You have one of these kind of go-to reactions in you. So it's just a fun way for you or for a friend to just go through really quickly and kind of blink, snapshot, quick shot of, you know, which one is really my default. Again, you have all of them. But maybe you're the core type one and you react by just, it's not perfect. Maybe you're core type two. Who needs me? Right? Just this kind of neediness. 
Again, not at the high level, not when you're responding, but when you're unconscious, when you're reacting, who needs me? And so, you know, maybe the Enneagram 2 walks into that bar and just kind of looks for the place where he or she can be needed, can kind of find their way in, can kind of make themselves um, important or essential. And they have this need to be needed. The ones have a need to have order and structure and perfection. The three walks in and says, look at me, right? Threes are all about competition, all about winning. They want to look good while doing it. So um, a very low level, they walk into a bar and they just have this need to either win or to be seen. Enneagram four walks into a bar and drama Drama comes following in their wake, right? You don't see me. It's like you ask them, and here I say here, how are you? You ask a, a four. No one here sees me. No one here understands me. You don't know the depths of my suffering or the longings of my heart, right? And so you can just kind of feel that drama of a four, again, reactive, not when they choose to respond. The five, the investigator, sorry, the four is the individualist. The five is the investigator, walks into a bar, you know, reactive, usually antisocial, certainly unsocial, doesn't want to be there, would rather be hiding behind a book or a computer screen or off in the corner and just um, cerebral and distant and keeping their, their, their guard up. Enneagram six, the loyalist, anxious, fearful, reactive, fearful. Um, where's, the, where's the fire exit? Do you really want me here? You don't want me here. They have a hard time kind of believing they have a place to belong. So an anxiety and a skepticism, the loyalist, the six. The seven walks into the bar, the enthusiast, right? This kind of bravado, this persona of bigger than life, of party, of fun. Nothing touches them or bothers them. They're the, the big personality. Everybody huddled around them telling the joke. And so, uh, you know, where's the after party is they're thinking while they're still at the bar. Enneagram eight, the challenger walks into the bar. Who's in charge, right? Not anymore. I'm taking over out of my way. And sort of this, not sort of, when an Enneagram eight is reacting, you can just feel their aggression, their anger, their need to be in control. And last but not least, although least in their own mind, Enneagram nine, the peacemaker walks into that bar and he or she just kind of feels insignificant. They, they don't think they're important. They disappear where there's no conflict. They don't voice their needs. They don't even really have a ability to be aware of their needs because they lose themselves to the crowd. Again, these are just silly caricatures. But once we can start looking and seeing them, you know, in the extreme, you start seeing them in the main and in, in real time. And um, then you walk into that bar and you can be totally different. You can stop reacting and start responding. And so when that one walks through the bar, she's transformed into the, not the perfectionist, but the reformer. She doesn't need to change the bar. She's able to accept it for the way it is. It's good enough, right? There's a kindness about her as she really enjoys her time you know, with friends at that bar, and it's good enough, and she's just happy to participate. And there's really a quality of, of kindness, integrity, responsibility that comes with that um, Enneagram 1 when she responds. Enneagram 2, when he's responding, he doesn't need to be needed. He can be helpful, but in that bar, he can also not be needed. He can also sit by himself. He can be alone and not feel um, incomplete. And so a much deeper kind of a connection and 
Um, compassion comes forth from an Enneagram to the helper when they're responding and not reacting. Enneagram three in that bar, the achiever, they don't need to impress tonight, right? They drop the competition. They want to be honest. They want to be real. They want to connect. They're a heart type. They don't show it when they're reacting. But when they respond, they can make deep, heartfelt connections. The four drops the drama, the individualist, and she is much lighter. She is able to get past the suffering, get past the intensity, and just enjoy. And most of all, um, contribute her greatest gift, which is she's really an incredible healer. Um, the way she listens, the way she can take care of you and, and respond to your needs. So the Enneagram 5, we'll wrap it up, walks into that bar, the investigator, and instead of reacting and hiding, they're able to move from, as you're looking at me, I'm pointing to my head, um, and shift into their heart. And that's a long journey for a five to get into their heart, into their feeling, to be in relationship, and to really relax and be able to share. And that's a responsive investigator, the five. A responsive six goes into the bar from a place of response, feels confident and strong and loyal. They are the most faithful and loyal types. They are the most courageous. They never get over their fears. As the old saying goes, they feel the fear and they do it anyways. And that's a six at his or her best. The seven brings down the persona, brings down the uh, look at me, energy, big energy, and they're just more real. They're responsible. They're present. They'll tend to you. They can be more serious. They can deal with the deeper stuff in life. They don't seem so shallow because they're not. They're some of the deepest people you'll ever meet. And so that's a response of seven at the bar, much more harnessed and controlled. And eight walks into a bar and responds by letting go of control doesn't have to be in charge of everything, doesn't have to take over everything, doesn't have to boss anybody around. He opens his heart, she opens herself up for relationship and is just much more like the nine, go with the flow. And lastly, an Enneagram nine goes in the opposite direction, right? Maybe putting the fingers between her mouth and whistling, bartender, you know, a round of drinks for me and my, my pals. Um, she is able to put herself at the center. Maybe she'll get out on the dance floor and take over. As I say here, probably not going to form any conga lines, but certainly reclaiming her voice. So whether this is at the bar, or as I say, the bedroom or the boardroom or in your meditation room or out in the streets, out in the real world, the Enneagram says that there's one of these types that's going to be our core type. There's going to be one of these that both inspires you and speaks to you, and it's who you are. And there's going to be that same type that kind of is the ick factor when we react versus when we respond. And so this is just an opportunity to go through all nine of these types to get a flavor and a feel for them um, or to give it to somebody else. And if you can just kind of identify which is your core type or your top few types, and then I have one page summary on each type. So that was just kind of the fun part. And now let's just say you're an Enneagram one. That's how you react or you respond. Well, I have a page on famous ones, on the core values. And this is the flavor and feel of the long version, right? This is one page. I have 45 pages for Enneagram one and 41 pages, 41 pages for Enneagram two. So, you know, you're getting one page out of the defy your number system. Somebody said, how can you give all this away? 
Trust me, I'm not. You get this and much more. But you're going to get fun things like if ones were a country or an animal or a movie or a TV character, musical genre, sport. Not hard science. You know, the lawyers wanted me to say on there that this is not scientifically validated. Nobody actually cares. Um, but my best guess and also really doing a ton of research and I think it's safe to say that these are in the kind of the vibe, the mode of each Enneagram type. So it gives you a, f a flavor of how this type reacts, how this responds. And then again, in this ebook, you'll get them completely complimentary, all nine types. So Enneagram two, three, four, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so that really is what I have been doing over the past month or so. Um, I, I did take some time off, as I mentioned. I didn't work the whole time. I'm really trying to defy my Enneagram 8 number, which is to overdo it. Um, but I have done this in quite a short time. And it's simply because I took some highlights from the Defy Your Number program. And I essentially copied them and pasted them with this narrative of, um, nine Enneagram types walk into a bar. So if you're interested in getting this for yourself, happy to just email it to you. If you want to get it for a friend or a loved one, just shoot me an email. We'll get that to them as well. It is a fun way to begin the conversation that certainly can start as shallow and simplistic as, yes, nine different ways to uh, pick up or not pick up or not be picked up in a bar and it can go into the depths of intimacy in the bedroom it can go into the heights of leadership in the boardroom it can go into the spiritual dimensions that I explore in my meditation room it can be as light and superficial or as deep and um, spiritual and complex as you would like it to be if you are interested in any of this, shoot me an email, B-A-R-U-C-H at defiantspirit.org. I'm so excited to kick off 2023 sharing this gift with you as you move forward on your journey to discover and defy your number so that ultimately you can live your spirit. I got many, many more exciting firsts and announcements to share with you, but that's all I'm going to share right now. You can get all of this and more over at defiantspirit.org. Until then, defy your number and live your spirit. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your defiant spirit.